Hello and welcome to this week's edition of UGA Sports Live. I'm Dane Young, joined by the head coach and college football Hall of Famer Jim Donnan. Roddy DeBolsi, the publisher of UGASports.com, is traversing through Italy at the moment. So Kirby Smart says he couldn't go there because of Mississippi uh, baseball for his kids. And uh, Roddy's taking up for, for that spot right now. Coach, SEC Media Days this week. That's why we're chatting on Thursday. We wanted to take in a lot of the information coming out of Nashville let me just start with overall your impressions of Georgia, your impressions of media days. Everyone says it's the kickoff to the season, and uh, I, I guess the countdown's on from this point. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, that everything's starting up when the media days crank, and other places around the country are having them. Uh, you know, I think Pac-12 tomorrow, ACC's coming up, Big Ten. But uh, the one everybody's looking for is uh, – see what people got to say about the SEC. And, you know, from my perspective, uh, you've got some good sound bites here. Uh, I, I just thought Kirby Smart was spectacular at the podium. Uh, just, you know, he's an A1 coach, but he really is an A1 uh, promoter of the program and handled uh, the questions effortlessly and really seemed very relaxed and confident, which he should be, but at the same time, Everybody's shooting at you, and as we know uh, around here, a lot of people have been talking about the recent situation with the Atlanta paper and all that, but I, I really thought that Georgia did a good job of standing up for what they knew was right, and it, it was a good uh, week from the standpoint of reestablishing that Georgia does have the right kind of uh, leadership and culture here. The points he made about nobody leaving here, about the coaches' reta retention, you know, people aren't going to jump off a sinking ship. I mean, uh, I, I mean, we're we're not a sinking ship by any start, stretch of imagination. But people start leaving. There's usually a reason for that, but uh, not here. Uh, we got a good retention. And uh, from your perspective, uh, you're the uh, Grady College guy that we're fortunate to have on our uh, show. What, how did you think our players handled the uh, different things that they had to go through? The three players that went there. It's so interesting to see how certain people are just naturally gifted at some things and then they have to work a bit harder at others. And Kirby Smart even alluded to Brock Bowers not necessarily being the most comfortable in front of that much media. And you could see that a little bit, but I like that he extended himself, that he was trying to improve there. He even said being a vocal leader was something that he wanted to improve on this season. And I thought he did a solid job. I don't know that uh, it, none of them really made any mistakes, which is good. We know Van Pran is uh, media savvy. I, I thought Kamari Lasseter was excellent. And I, I think all three guys, Georgia got back on the, the plane and they probably felt good about their performance. But uh, exactly what you said with Kirby Smart, I thought was so true that he had his key points that he wanted to get in there. And he did that and he does it in a very affable way. You can see how he's such a good people person to lead such a big program. Um, overall, I thought Georgia had a, a really good day. And I, I thought Kirby Smart, was was very candid. I mean, a lot of times we complain that Kirby Smart doesn't give you content, and I thought he did that. And he rehashed some things, and he's very open about Georgia's strategy and mentality moving forward, how you try to three-peat, and it's that you don't think about a three-peat, you think about tomorrow. Yeah, that's the deal. I mean, you got to forget about the last couple of years and, and uh, understand what won for you, but also what almost got you beat and work on that. And and, uh, you know, continue to talk about being complacent. Uh, I think that's one thing that hopefully we can transpose to the, the, pe the people that are our loyal listeners and new ones is there can't be any complacency around this place because the, the practices are uh, very upbeat, uh, very well planned out, and uh, the, it's proofs in the pudding with the success. But the competitive level that we have, if you're not ready to go every day out there, uh, you're going to be left in a, uh, you know, left on the bus. You're not going to make the trip. And that goes with the really outstanding players as well as the uh, people are trying to get, get going. And I, I really was uh, impressed about the fact that uh, so many of our, I hadn't thought about it, but pointing out that the COVID year where we couldn't really bring kids in for visits and, 
all that, that we got uh, 17 out of 20 still here. Uh, just a remarkable re retention there. But uh, one of the things we got to do is uh, get ready for the season. That's what we do with this podcast, uh, enlighten our fans with what's going on and continue to uh, answer their questions and, and understand that uh, this is going to be a ride that, uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit like a roller coaster. There's going to be some bumps and bruises along the way if you start hitting your head on uh, on something. But it's going to be uh, – to me, it's going to be more downhill. It's going to be uphill for this roller coaster because – I think we're ready to ride here. A very good team, very confident team. Leadership, uh, I've said this many times, and I studied it when I was coaching, when I was playing, because I was in an authoritative position as a quarterback. To be a leader, you got to have followers. You got to have people that want to to respond to you, to what your uh, your your actions and your words and. So for leadership, you got to have followership, and uh, you got to acquire that with uh, your own play, your own performance, the way you handle yourself. And we work hard at it here. I mean, when I say we, I, I mean the UGA coaches spend a, an inordinate amount of time working on leadership and developing guys down the road. Uh, I know when we recruited David uh, Green. Uh, I talked to him about, hey, you can be a starter here. You, you can be a, a guy that can really be a prominent player on our team, but I also feel like you can be a captain of this football team. You can be a guy with your capabilities and the kind of person you are and the way you were brought up that these guys on the team are going to respond to you. So, And that's going to uh, pay very good dividends when you get out of school. And it's obvious he's done really well in the business world, but – you got to recruit leaders too, not just players. So, uh, and over the years, there's been a lot of them uh, that uh, are prominent. You know, Kirby Smart was a captain of our team, and uh, he showed a lot of qualities back then that he does now. Standing up for what you think is right when when people are uh, trying to figure out uh, what what kind of decision you're going to make, uh, because the coaches aren't around them all the time. I mean. Some of these decisions we've made as far as driving haven't been what we need to. And I think what what you're going to see, there's going to be some stiff penalties coming out of there. And usually what happens is you take away playing time or you take away something to do with the allocation of the different funds that are available now that are legal and the ones that, that the school provides. So I think that's something that, that you're going to see very – prominent in George's program, you know, the hammer's going to be down on that. He talked about the team leaders and the one that he's been a team leader for a long time now, Cedric Van Pran, second time at SEC Media Days. He was asked why he returned to Georgia. He's a guy that could have gone pro. He would be on an NFL roster right now. Here's what he said. I felt like I could gain more from coming back. But then when you start to think about from an aspect of the University of Georgia, I really felt like I had a great opportunity to help my guys. Um, and I think that's what ultimately drove me back is that I think that we had a, a great opportunity to be a, a good team and I wanted to be a part of it um, and help try to lead the guys to let the Lord say the same, uh, a good season for us. So I think that was what it was and ultimately just the connection that I felt with the guys in, in the locker room. And see, what I hear from that is all of these guys, they want to go pro. He wants to be an NFL player. But when you have it rolling like Georgia does right now, and you maybe you don't like your NFL stock as as once maybe as much as you could, it's easier to come back to Georgia in that situation. And I, I thought Van Pran explained that really well. Yeah, this guy is just a really good player. I'm talking about every day. You know, you're gonna get its best shot, and very consistent among the players as far as people. When you mention who somebody you look up to. Because he's so steady. I mean, he just every day he's going to be the same, and he's, he's just going to be somebody you can count on. And I always talk about uh, a little bit of philosophy here, but off-season program, when you're doing the sprints, when you're lifting weights, when you're running uh, on the team run, whatever it might be, you know the guys that slack. You know the ones that are looking for a reason to find a way to get by with something. And and uh, and see if they can maybe cheat the the system a little bit, and 
and it happens in every phase of any program, but I think not much here now because so many guys are going to tell you, look, we can't have that kind of effort now and expect to win in the fall. So you got to have people that you know are going to do that every day. And the three guys that Kirby took, I promise you don't have any slack every day they go after. Kamari is just another guy that's got a lot of pride. and does a good job of uh, – of playing consistently. And then, of course, Brock Bowers. I mean, this guy is Mr. Uh, Energizer Bunny. Um, Bunny. I mean, he goes hard all the time. So, And if this is not just a promo for Georgia football. I mean, in a way it is. But I'm just telling you, they're not winning just because they got good players. They're winning because they got excellent coaching, training, nutrition, everything that it takes to be a winning team. You hear these people talking about Georgia. Uh, Dana Holgerson, the coach at uh, Houston, comes up and says, hey, I've been to some good places, but nobody's doing what I, what Georgia's doing now. And that's a tremendous compliment from a coach from outside the system. He was here for the spring uh, for the clinic. Uh, Mel Tucker, I was talking to him the other day about something else, and he was talking about, you know, coming back here. He's just amazed at the new facilities and amazed what Kirby's been able to do and the talent level that we have. And here's a guy that was here when they played for the national championship in 17. So uh, enjoy the ride here, dog fans. I mean, there's going to be some there's going to be some things that happen, but uh, and it's typical to find something wrong more than it is to find something right. But we got a lot of right things going for us, among which you can talk, tell us who they, who's sponsoring our show, right? I will, but before we get there, I, I want to play one more clip from Cedric Van Pran because he was asked about his return, but he was also asked about Lad McConkey's return. And I think this is a storyline that as the season gets closer and plays are happening, I think McConkey's return may be one of those that you look at and say, if Georgia gets to where it wants to get to, it happened because of that. Here's what Van Prance on Lad McConkey. It's amazing. I know a lot of people talk about my decision to come back, but I think his uh, decision to come back is something that really, really uh, will help the team. I think I think it was essential for, essential for the team to you know really be off on a good start as far as you know workouts and things like that. Um, Lad's a great guy. Um, I was really, really excited that he decided to come back, but it's been amazing to see his growth. You know, I remember Lad always talked about, you know, he was so excited to just be able to travel. And then, you know, years later, man, he's like really, really been a big piece for us making plays down the field. Essential for the team. Exactly. Uh, I just can't, I don't know how to phrase this to make it any better, but if you talk about a guy you want on your team, when you got to have a play, uh, we, we got a lot of them that are close, but you talk about Mr. Clutch every time he's, you know, he drops some passes. Everybody's going to do that. But when you got to have it, this guy's going to do it. I mean, when you look at that run he made against Mississippi State, I remember three years ago when he played early, first time you've ever really seen him a whole lot against uh, uh, Auburn breaking through on that 80 route down the middle. Uh, he's just, He's just a quality guy, and I'm, I'm really impressed with the way he's built himself up a little bit. You know, he's a, he's cut. I mean, he's really looks uh, even bigger than he is than he was last year, and, and that seems kind of ridiculous because he's not a big guy. But this guy is, uh, you know, if he takes off his shirt, you can really see <laughs> this guy is somebody you don't want to get involved with in any kind of tussle. Tough guy, too. He plays through injuries because he was hurt pretty much all of last season, especially the latter half. That's a really good point. Uh, I forgot about how, how you know, his his leg was bothering him throughout the playoffs and, and throughout the end of the year. And uh, I, I remember talking to him when they were getting ready to go to uh, Cali, and he was saying, you know, I really feel the best I've felt because I've had a chance to rest a little bit and uh, feel like I'm going to kick some butt this week. I want to make a mention real fast of a, of a family friend, um, a man named Mike Sweat, who passed away from Dublin, Georgia, uh, where I'm from. And my connection to UGA goes in large part through 
uh, Mike and his wife, Kathy. Uh, Mike passed away this week. Big Georgia fan, Georgia donor. If you were uh, at Foley Field for baseball games over the last 15 years, you likely saw the sweats. They're pretty close behind home plate and uh, just can't say enough good things about him. He taught Sunday school at the church that I grew up going to. Um, he, when I was in between houses in Athens, he, they let me stay at their condo in Athens for three weeks. Didn't ask anything of me, uh, mainly just wanted to be able to, to see our kids and go out to, to brunch with us and, uh, just sending a lot of love to his family. I, I know in Dublin, they mean a lot. And, uh, there's a lot of people around the state that, that love Georgia, that mean a lot to Georgia and that were inspired by it. So, uh, condolences to his family, sending a lot of love and just wanted to do that before we uh, get to a break here. Uh, now let's uh, chat about our friends over at Athens Ford. They've been a longtime sponsor of all we do. And coach, they are sponsors of our UGA sports watch along show, which will return for, I believe that will be its fourth season at this point. Mostly wins, even though the first time we did it uh, was a loss. Athens Ford, they have more cars on the lot every time that I've gone by there and it's uh, over on Atlanta highway. So it's very convenient if you're coming into Athens currently I have 481 vehicles out on the lot. One of my coworkers has one of those new Broncos and I'm seeing them on the road all the time. So if you want a Ford Bronco, go out there and chat with the folks at Athens Ford. And we really do appreciate what they do for UGA sports.com. You're not going to have a better experience, have a better service. Uh, there's a lot of folks around Athens that can, can attest to that. So thank you to Athens Ford. Coach, we talk about Brock Bowers a lot on this show, and how could you not because of who he is and what he's accomplished. I, I know that I gave that little spiel about how I thought he did at media days, and you could tell he's not the most comfortable in front of microphones. He, he would rather run and catch a ball than talk. I'm curious how you thought that he did with all that attention and publicity on him because this won't be the last time. Yeah, he, he seemed like he embraced the situation. I mean – uh, he's making a lot more money than any of those guys that are asking the question. So, uh, <laughs> so he, was, uh, he, he was up there and it helps his brand. I mean, you know, I just saw where he's one of seven athletes in the country coming out with this new energy drink that uh, the rocks sponsoring. Uh, so, uh, you know, Brock is just a very genuine person that uh, team oriented. He does things for NIL for the rest of the players. And uh, if you wanted somebody that epitomizes who your son will, will, will grows up or your family member would like to be as a person, the Brock Bowers would be the guy, I would say. Of course, McConkie, a lot of them you could say that about. Uh, we just talked about a bad brand. But I'm, I'm just telling you, Brock is so genuine and uh, sincere that, uh, you know, maybe he's not a man of a lot of words, but I thought he was – very candid in the way he talked about his relationship to uh, the players and uh, the fact he talked about the other tight ends uh, the way he did. Uh, it's, it's a different situation for these young men to be in that kind of environment because they're not, they're used to the local press, you know, people just standing up there, but, they, but at the same time, not only are they getting hammered by the, uh, by the print media, they got to, do these individual deals with the uh, TV and radio. And then uh, ESPN wants an individual CBS. Uh, so a lot of different interviews and you're getting the same questions over and over. And it's like, I used to say to this guy that started being a tennis pro, you got to be the same at four o'clock when you're teaching somebody a 30 minute lesson that you were at nine o'clock because they're paying you for your best shot. So you got to do that. 10 or 15 times up there, the same questions. And you can't just say, Hey, look, somebody's already asked me that, but they did, but it's a different setting. So it, what we see on the SCC network is just minuscule to the amount of time that they're uh, getting on these other platforms because they want to service all these things. And just like Kirby, as soon as he finished everything, when he got back here, he had to do a hit with the SCC network. I think he was at home when he did it, but he'd been been gone all day, and then they hit him again. And uh, so that goes with the territory, though. Bowers was asked about what he needs to improve on this season. Here's what he said. One of the things I'm trying to do better at is um, be a better leader because um, now I'm the old guy in the room somehow, and I felt like time flew by, and I feel like just yesterday I was sitting in the same seat as those freshmen. And it's a little nerve-wracking, but uh, 
uh, for those guys, and I'm just trying to help them the best I can, lead by example, and um, I guess just uh, maybe try to be a better vocal leader and say something when something needs to be said. He reminds me of Nick Chubb in a lot of ways, Coach. Yeah, I mean, you know, quiet type, but uh, the thing that really is overwhelming there is just the smile. Uh, he's not, you know, he's not frowning. He's not. He's giving you the that he's happy to answer the question. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of times when you've been in a, a role where the other people are in charge, it's, it's harder to step up and do that. But that goes with the territory. If you're going to be a starter or, or one of the best players, that uh, you've got to be able to articulate that to the younger guys because they they don't really know the standard. And uh, it's any place I've ever coached, it's just such a big change from – if everybody would just go back to when you're in junior high and then you tried to play on JV's big step up, then varsity, man, it's faster the competition. Then you leave high school and go to college, and then you go college to pro. It's just everybody, when you jump up, you're going to see more and more players that are uh, difficult to uh, compete against, and that's just uh, – if you're going to do it, you got to practice against it. And I thought one of the best statements Kirby made that, that I listened to was in the analyzation of the quarterbacks when he said, we're not ready to name uh, Beck yet because we want to see how he does against the best defense in the country two straight weeks, the two scrimmages that they're going to go against. Now, he was being a little bit confident there, but I do feel like we got the best defense in the country when you look at all three phases. But uh, what he's alluding to is they're not just going to go out there and run plays like eight or ten play series. They're going to go out there, okay, we're going to put the ball on the 40, and you got uh, five plays to get it in there. Or we're going to put it on the 10-yard line. Let's see how you can go against this red zone defense. Or we're going to go six straight third and eights. And what you're going to see is, is Beck against that, Vandergriff uh, against that and Gunnar Stockton against that and see how they react to it. And uh, same thing with the defensive players. They're going to put, hey, you got to go out here and cover Lad McCockey or a star, uh, Joe Mel Aguero. You got to go out here and cover Bowers. Uh, you might not do it every time, but I thought it was good last year when I was watching one of those early scrimmages when they were putting Malachi Starks out there with the first unit. I'm thinking to myself, good Lord, I saw this guy last year playing against Raymond Gap over there at Jefferson. He's going against the first team. But, hey, he was the best guy, and he proved it right there in the Oregon game. And that, that first scrimmage, I think he knocked down three passes and uh, really made the offense mad, but he he was good now. I mean, now he's one of the best players in the country. I mean, practice performance at Georgia always dictates playing time, but I think even more so when the first two games are Tennessee, Martin, and Ball State, because you're going to have to be focused against your team in practice because that's the best competition you're facing for the first two or three weeks of the season. Yeah, I was on a real downer this morning when I woke up and saw the preseason uh, uh, rankings for uh, the, the league that, uh, that Ball State's in, and they're fifth in their division. I was hoping that they were going to be among the better teams. But, you know, when the, when the scribes or the people that write for your conference pick you fifth, it's probably a good reason for it. So uh, I was hoping maybe we'd get a little better shot from them. But uh, maybe they're better than, than what the, the uh, sports writers think they are. But And the thing about UT Martin, they played good against Tennessee last year. I mean, second half, Tennessee cut cut the water off a little bit. But. Not on defense. Tennessee was out there trying to stop them, and they couldn't. And uh, the uh, quarterback for Alabama's dad, uh, Coach Simpson, is the head coach. And uh, I think you did a good job the other day of uh, putting it out to our fans that uh, they lost one of their team uh, mates as far as being able to play right away. He was shot in, in a situation up in Nashville. and Shot nine times. Got a GoFundMe thing for him. I hope that's working out. <laughs> yeah, Georgia usually rallies around opposing teams. That things I think about Arkansas State a few years ago with uh, the coach's wife that was battling cancer. Um, Devin Gales is always a great example from Southern. Um, Georgia fans tend to rally around the people that that need some help. And so, yeah, if you want to check, no funny. How's it looking? 
I haven't checked it recently, but I'll check it and put an update on the board <laughs> later on. Well, I hope some people have a little have some chance to help them out. Uh, Brock Bowers was also asked about Georgia's culture with a lot of the conversations <laughs> that have happened since uh, the offseason began. Uh, yeah, I think we have um, a very strong culture in the among among players and coaches and everything, and um, we've had numerous meetings about um, just what we can do better on and off the field. And um, I guess we've I think we've done a pretty good job at blocking in blocking out the outside noise and focusing on ourselves and um, focusing on the stuff that we can get better at personally. Pretty canned answer, but I thought it was important that players were asked that because a lot of times Kirby's asking, he says, well, talk to the players about the culture. And you ask them, and that's what they said. Yeah, that was a good answer. And no matter how much you tell them, these kids are going to read social media. They're going to read what people say. Uh, I don't know that they go on these different websites and read uh, about some of these people being critical of them, but uh, you know, when when you're on Twitter and you say something about somebody, it pops up. These kids either see it or somebody will tell them, "Hey, look, so and so said you did this." Blah blah blah. But this game, I, I just don't know how they re, uh, coaches can keep them focused because of all those distractions. But it's definitely something that you, you, you uh, as he mentioned, Kirby and the coaches and the counselors are talking to them. Look. We know what we're all about. We, you know what you got to go through. You know the standards. We've had some guys that made mistakes, but as a whole, our culture is based on you doing this, and this is what we do. And like I said in the get-go here, if things weren't good here and people didn't see that they were being treated fairly and being developed as young men off the field, uh, they'd be hitting the road. Uh, we don't have – we haven't lost really too many quality players. Uh, we've lost a couple good good players that are looking for uh, a little bit more money, maybe. But we, we're not looking at people to leave here. Why would you leave? I mean, what a twenty nine and one. Yeah, well, I mean, if the reports are true, there's some players that had more money elsewhere came to Georgia instead in the recruiting process. Yeah, I think I think it gets to be a point where. Like one of the things that I know our coaches say, look, you, you got to look at what's going to be your long-term interest. Sure, short-term, you might make this or make that, but they walk through that facility down there in the end zone, and it's got the, the amount of money that all the different pro players are making, particularly the ones after their first contract where they get the second big one. And it looks like the New York Stock Exchange, the ticker going across there, Roquan Smith, $100 million, whatever it might be, Matthew Stafford, you know, all these guys played at Georgia, and uh, and it's it's a good idea that for these young men and their parents to listen to. Hey, we'll do all we can to help you, and then, but we want to be fair. We got to look everybody in the eye, and I think one of the things the coaches have to say to the guys in the locker room is, "Look, so and so might be making more than you, but that's the way life is. I mean, you're gonna have a job and." You're going to go out there and somebody, if you're worried about what somebody else is making, instead of getting your butt in gear and doing all you can to do what you got to do, then you're going to have a hard time. So uh, you got to work with them on that too and counsel them. One of the players whose name is is on that ticker is Ben Jones, and he's been in the NFL for a long time at this point. He's, he's a lifer up there. And he was at SEC Media Days playing for the Titans, being in Nashville. There was a fun little exchange I saw with him and Kirby Smart where Kirby was saying, I couldn't get you to come to Alabama. I tried hard, and uh, he didn't know the connections that Ben yeah, that Jones had cool. to Georgia. That was cool. Um, I mentioned uh, on the last one, one of the things I always liked about it, was having a chance to see some of those guys that you recruited because you play them in the game, you know, or they leave real quick and you don't see them before the game, but uh, just say hello to them and uh, ask them a few things. And that's what, that was kind of that kind of interaction there. And, and, you know, just because you lose a guy to another school, he, he doesn't automatically become a zero. I mean, you know, that's just the way it is. I read a, a recruit online the other day on, on the Twitter was saying one of the hardest things for him is telling these other guys no. And when he says something to yes, because he's built this relationship with them. And that, that's a hard, because uh, everybody's been good to you and you got to tell people no. 
And uh, in the end, you got to have some backup from your coach and your parents and all because some of these guys are ruthless. They're going to just keep pounding you. And uh, you got to be you got to be strong in your conviction and stick with your decision. One of the coolest things when media runs on the field and tries to get the photo of the coaches shaking hands or whatever, it's just a photo op there. But one of the coolest things, if you follow some of the assistants, they'll go to players on the other teams and just say hello. And it was great to see you and to ask about families. They have specific things because even though they didn't go to your school, you know, a lot of the relationships within the league and they may come to your school at some point now with the portal and everything, but that was always a fun dynamic to me. This was this intense competition, but afterwards it's just everybody saying hello. Good to see you. Exactly. Uh, let's talk about our friends over at Dead Soxy. If you want to get, Roddy calls them your lucky socks, and they have all different colorways, including red and black for Georgia, some that look just like the classic silver britches. And uh, yes, they are closer to, to silver than maybe the gray ones that Georgia dons uh, every now and again. But uh, these socks are great. Uh, Coach, I know you know socks well. Burlington, North Carolina, you talk about it a lot. These are quality socks from Dead Soxy, and you can get some really good specials either by becoming a Dead Soxy member or just getting some of the sales that they have on their site. Hey, they certainly uh, live up to my standards because I was spoiled growing up in Burlington where kind of the uh, sock capital of the world. And uh, definitely uh, these meet very high standards. Uh, my father-in-law was uh, – kind of the ace guy at uh, a couple places where he uh, he was the guy that could go out and fix all the machines uh, and, you know, kind of supervise them, keeping all those. They went for three, you know, three shifts, kept going all the time. And uh, uh, so I've, I've had a real history of socks. So uh, definitely I, I, I feel good about the, the socks that uh, Roddy's brought some over here. A couple I've worn them. They're very good. Yeah, and I like the no-shows. That's what, what I keep around as well. So uh, you can check these out. They'd be great. Hide between your shoes, but uh, really good quality <laughs> socks. Also, we need to chat about our friends over at Academia Brewing Company on Atlanta Highway. So if you're out checking out Athens Ford, stop in and check out the beer selection and uh, really good food over there. One of my favorites is the flatbread that they have at Academia Brewing Company. Uh, there's I think four different kinds. And so there's a flavor for something that you like out there. It's a great kitchen, a great space to hang out. If you're ever in Athens for a game day, maybe uh, you leave a little early to beat some traffic or you just need a spot to watch a game. They have multiple TVs everywhere, a big screen, some couches. It's a really cool spot. Go over to Academia Brewing Company. They've been supporting Georgia for a long time. They're Georgia fans and uh, they're fans wow. of UGASports.com. And I'm a fan of Academia. So go check them out. Or if you just want to buy a great beer to have at home uh, for the rest of your summer, maybe you're doing a beach trip, grab some Academia. You can buy it there. Or uh, in the Northeast Georgia area, you can buy it from uh, wherever you buy your beer. One thing, one thing about academia is I think everybody's got family members and you say, hey, hey we're going out to eat. Say, I want to go here. I want to go there. You know, there's all kind of different ideas and you can't please everybody. When you go to academia, I've never been to any place that has so many different varieties of different kinds of food. Now, you got specialty places everywhere in Athens, which are great. But if you want to just please everybody, go to academia because you got a chance to get whether it's wings flatbread, whatever you want to have, you can, and the salads are unbelievable. Uh, sandwiches are just too big. You got to take something home when you cut one of these babies up. So I feel good about that. that if, if there's in, is some indecision involved and you're the head man and you got to make a decision, just drive right over there. It's right beside racetrack over there on Atlanta highway. And it's easy to get into and always got plenty of parking and, uh, you know, I always talk about the parking angel. Uh, the parking angel is somebody that follows me around, and I got to find a parking place. And for might have lost you there for a second, Coach. Maybe my connection, but yeah, I agree. Academia, a great place to park here. Um, I want to talk about Kamari Lasseter for a second. I was a bit surprised that he was one of the ones going to SEC Media Days. You predicted that accurately, uh, but I thought he did a really great job. And you even, did you make this point last week that it's a bit of needling that he is from Tuscaloosa and you take him to Media Days? 
Yeah, I think subtly there was a little deal there when uh, <laughs> somebody was going to say to you, well, where are you from? And say, uh, I'm from Tuscaloosa. And, and I mean, that just, especially when, uh, when we've been doing real well here. So uh, I don't know that it was, that was the reason, but he deserved it. His own field play deserves it. Uh, if you just look at the different uh, position on the team, uh, you know, we had two on offense and one on defense. He's played special teams too. So, and very articulate and uh, Kirby brought out the fact that he, you know, uh, talking about his family, how proud he was. He had that K3 on there, you know, to represent his mom and dad himself. Uh, you know, I thought it was a, a real token of love there to have that. And and who cares what anybody thinks? Uh, if somebody said, well, that's already looking at where hey, it's something that the kid really believed in and he thought it was uh, important to, uh, uh, you know, signify to everybody how much his family means to him. So it was tremendous uh show of respect by Kamari. From Tuscaloosa to Athens, here's how he described his UGA experience. Um, I would say this is everything that I hope for and more honestly, you know, coming into Georgia, you know, I just wanted to, you know, prove myself right and be, and just to show that I could play at a high level in the SEC and, um, you know, just coming in and the way that uh, Georgia's impacted me both as a player and as a man, you know, I couldn't really ask for much more. Couldn't ask for much more. Yeah. One of my favorite, oh, go ahead, coach. That's pretty impressive. One of my favorite things to, to play with media days is, and you know this from the other side of it, but all the sports comm staffers that they coach these players up, they kind of give them the, the talking points, maybe the team mantras to throw in there. Kamari Lasseter hits four of those in 10 seconds. Uh, the mentality for this year is really just better never rest. You know, we're trying to eat off the floor. Um, we're, we're not trying to be complacent this year. We're trying to, you know, uphold our standard and keeping the main thing the main thing. So, some staffer was just fist pumping, be like, he got them all in there. Hey, that was uh, in a New York minute right there. That was impressive. Uh, it's hard to have that kind of retention and get it out there. You know, it's like when I used to be on television and they'd say, hey, you need to get it out of there quick because we, we got to go to break. And you're trying to think about it. And they said, we're going to break. We're going to break. We're going to break. That's going in your ear. And you're, you know, you only got so much time. But the worst thing is, when they say we're not, you only got 20 seconds. And so, you know, say I'm, I start out and say, well, I'm just going to tell you about Georgia's team on defense. They got good linebackers. And, and then he said, okay, you need to stretch it a little bit. You need to stretch it. We got more time. In and they've got really good secondary stretch it, stretch it. And their coaching is outstanding and stretch it, stretch it. I mean, you're not even ready for it. You got to add, I'm just not, I learned how to do that a lot better, but. Boy, those producers are in your head and they're talking to you and you, you got to be able to not say, hey, would you shut up? I mean, it just, it's hard to do. It takes elite concentration to be able to listen to something in your ear and have to speak on air. It's hard. Yeah, and during the games too, I mean, uh, you, you've got that, that deal where they're talking to you and uh, you, you've got ability to talk to them though, because you got a little button that cuts your microphone off and you can talk back to them and say, look, I need to get an ISO on, on uh, lab McConkey. Uh, I feel like they're going to throw the ball to him or whatever it might be. But uh, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes there that you got to work on. And then you got the telestrator, which uh, really helps. Uh, you can tell a lot about how much somebody really knows and thinks and quickly uh, when they do a broadcast. When a guy can telestrate the play right after it happens, that to me, the guy's got a good knowledge. But when they go to when they come back after break and they've had a chance to see it five times during commercial, you draw it up like they're, you know, like they're Newt Rockney, that doesn't impress me much because I know that they couldn't figure it out when it happened. Shania Twain, that don't impress me much. <laughs> Usually you make the music references. I had to throw one in here. You like Shania? I like her too. Uh, my kids like her a lot right now. We've been playing a lot of like '90s country for them, and really? they're into it. Yeah, Don't and uh, my kids love Dolly Parton. Did they? Did they uh, play? You play Don't It Make My Brown Eyes Blue? Or I haven't tried that one yet. Maybe I'll have to let you talking in your sleep. I, I'll let you introduce those to to them. They like Dolly. They love Dolly. You, did you ever know what about Dolly's uh, high school talent show was? Oh boy, what is it? 
she crawled out on the stage and tried to stand up. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. I'm going to play this uh, Lassiter cliche one more time because it's going to lead into our Kirby Smart clips. Uh, the mentality for this year is really just better never rest. You know, we're trying to eat off the floor. Um, we're, we're not trying to be complacent this year. We're trying to, you know, uphold our standard and keeping the main thing the main thing. The new one in there is Better Never Rest, and that comes from the All Blacks, the New Zealand rugby team. Here's Kirby Smart talking about it. Yeah, it's so funny you say that because I've never brought that up to our team. I think uh, our- That's bad producing. Wrong clip. Here we go. So this year we studied the New, Ze- New Zealand All Blacks, most successful sports team in the history of really teams over 100 years. They've had the highest winning percentage. And so we took a deep dive. We took six weeks. We took a title and a mantra from them and studied those things for six weeks because we don't want complacency. They've done it better than anybody else, and we use that. One of their big mantras is better never rests. One of the cool things to me, Coach, is the All Blacks have written a story on their website. They've interacted with social media with Georgia football. They're kind of embracing Georgia, seeking them out. And Georgia's not the first team to do this. I think Dabo Swinney did some of this with Clemson during their run, winning national championships. Uh, but but I like that Kirby's seeking this out. I've heard him mention the Chicago Bulls in the 90s as well. Yeah, I mean, great teams, uh, regardless of what sport, have a tremendous uh, – ability to uh, be resilient and, and make the plays necessary. And you study winning performances. You look at what makes it happen. And uh, I think it's good for Kirby to look at, you know, the ins and outs of all the different success. And I know my good friend, Warren Goodstone, who is from New Zealand, all the time sending me stuff about the all blacks before I even heard about this with Kirby. I mean, I've been hearing about the all blacks for, 15 years from Warren. So uh, they're definitely uh, a winning issue over there. And I tell you, you got to be tough to play rugby now. It's a tough sport. Did you ever do any cross recruiting, rugby, football? Did Was that ever anything that entered your sphere? Yeah, well, they weren't doing the rugby punt back when I was coaching. Uh, we didn't really go into uh, New Zealand or any of But we did go uh, when I was in North Carolina uh, and some other places. We did get some kids from Canada, and uh, it worked out pretty good. We we, we were very successful. And I know uh, some of these uh, schools now are looking at kids from all over the world because football has become more of an international sport. Uh, a lot of guys are playing uh, at some of these uh, other countries that never played before. Uh, the clip that I started to accidentally play, it's in reference to Kirby Smart was kind of joked about media saying that Georgia would go seven and five and somehow that becoming uh, motivation for the team. And he wanted to clear this up that it was some Georgia players that said this after winning the national championship, just kind of heat of the moment thing. But he he wanted to kind of give a motivational tactic of uh, that wouldn't work. And here's why. Yeah. It's so funny you say that because I've never brought that up to our team. I think uh, our our team would laugh at me if I said we were going to go seven and five. So there's a, mistake out there somewhere that that's ever been brought up by me now I've, I've heard quotes from players that said that they might have read it somewhere they might have believed it but it never came from me because I'm, I'm a big self-confidence coach so the entire offseason last year I told them how good they could be because all they heard about was how many players they lost and uh, I pumped that through and through that we had a tremendous team and we're going to be a really good team and uh, they're going to go out and play competitive football but I don't get into the narratives because once you start using that to motivate your team, you're going to struggle. That's really a good answer there. And I think from a leadership perspective, as a coach, uh, you've got to be straight up with your players. I mean, sometimes you're going against a team, uh, not here in Georgia, but uh, that outmans you and there's, it's going to be difficult for you to win, but you can also talk to your team about, look, if we do this and we do this and and they do this, we could they could lose this game to us. That's what's got to happen. We got to take advantage of the situations. And when we're going to run this special play, we got to make it work. When we're going to do this onside kick, we got we're limited here. We but you 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 break it out how you're going to do it instead of just saying you know, uh, hey, we're going to win our kick their butt. We're gonna, but you got to beat these kids understand. They see the tape. Uh, they know what it's like. 
I mean, the kids that are coming in here from UT Martin and uh, Ball State, they know what it's like. But they, they know that, uh, hey, maybe we can have some some success and at least do the play as good as we can, kind of like Kent State did last year. They came in and, I mean, you measure success in degrees. I mean, that was a successful game for them. I mean, they challenged us, and those kids played out of their mind, and we gave them a lot of opportunities too, but that's what happens. And uh, Sanford too. It's, yeah, it's just like – but only three quarters in that game. But here's the deal. It's like a general going into a war. You, you just can't go in there and say, you know, we got no chance here. You, you're going to die. I mean, that that's the that's really a bad – I'm not making the analogy of the football because it's certainly not. But you you got to find a way to survive. And that's the way you got to do in football if you're outmanned. I guarantee you, UAB, they're over there talking about playing Georgia. They're saying, hey, none of you guys got a scholarship. We're going to go in there. Last time we went over there, we were embarrassed. They took it, took us behind the woodshed. We're going to go in there. I mean, they got one of our coaches over there. Eddie's a line coach. Uh, he, he's going to let those guys know what we got. But he also knows some things that we maybe – they give us trouble, kind of like Jim Chaney did for Georgia Tech last year, helping them out on their offense against us, kind of like Bobo did at Auburn in that first drive uh, – two years ago when they had the ball for 16 plays, he knows how to attack us. So uh, you got to find a way if you're the coach, but the overriding thing, getting back to Kirby's initial talk there is he talks more about, you know, like the Tennessee game this year, Tennessee's one, they're number one, blah, blah, blah. He sold our guys on, Hey, they're playing in our house. He sold our fans on, we need the noise. He sold the players on we're better team than them, and we're going. You know the, who are they talking about coming in here and beating us in our house and all that? And it's a great motivator all week about how we were going to win. He was on the kids. I mean, you saw that tape where uh, he got on Keely Ringo during the week, but it was a masterful motivational job to get our team ready and a tremendous tactical ability to uh, outman their pass protection the way we rushed them throughout the game i think of that start against arkansas because that's a noon kick there's a lot of excitement and energy and sometimes you, you might not be focused but georgia came out and arkansas was just kind of they couldn't even get a playoff it was so so rock yeah it was uh, it was cool that way we destroyed them but uh, i think again uh, talking about our schedule kirby somebody said to him hey what about your schedule and he said hey come play the schedule uh Come play it. Uh, we, we got better schedule than you think. Uh, I got some notes on that in the next commercial. I'm going to read it out to you what uh, about our schedule a little bit. But uh, it's just uh, – it is what it is. We can't help it, Oklahoma situation with becoming in the SEC. But uh, just enjoy. Hey, come in there, tailgate, have a good time. You're coming to see Georgia play. You're not worried about who they're playing Everybody's talking about how good Kentucky's going to be. South Carolina thinks they're going to be better and all that. But I'm just going to tell you about South Carolina. Do you know how many times they've beaten Missouri in the last four times they played them? Oh, gosh. The way you're saying this, I'm going to say one. None. Yeah. 0 4. Do you know how many times they've beaten Texas A&M since 2012, playing them every other year at Texas A&M? None. Exactly. Catching on. <laughs> Who were their best two players last year? Marshawn oh, wow. Lloyd and their tight end. They both left. One Marshawn went to Florida State, uh, USC. The tight end went to uh, on offense went to uh, Florida State. And then the best defender went to Oregon, right? Pickens. And then they, yeah, Birch. Uh, and no, then, Birch, excuse me. Then they've got uh, they got to play Georgia and Clemson in the top ten, and they got to go to Tennessee. So, uh, certainly, they did a tremendous job winning those two games against ranked teams, against Tennessee and against uh, a really good Clemson team. But I just don't see all this love for uh, – for, I don't see how they're going to win eight or nine. Plus, they played nine teams and went to bowl last year. First games against North Carolina and, and Charlotte. So, uh, but they might surprise me. But uh, I'm putting a little water on the uh, – on that uh, – 
put a little water on it here. I, I'm not even fired up about South Carolina. Another team not fired up about is Florida. And I'm only playing this because this debate happens a lot. I thought Kirby Smart gave the most succinct and, and candid answer on Georgia, Florida, Jacksonville, that whole dynamic. I really don't care where the game's played. I want what's best for the student athletes, and I want what's best for our program. Um, unfortunately, if you consider that to be a premier matchup in a national game, there's no recruit that will ever take an official visit or get to visit the campus while the game's in Jacksonville. That's just physically impossible. So both universities, not just Georgia, lose out on an opportunity to showcase their campus in the greatest light there is. And to me, that's really important. Every university I've been at, you had that feature game that everybody in the country wanted to come watch. Very Great succinct. Point. Great point. And not only the, the, the uh, seniors to be, but the younger guys. Can you imagine the impression on coming to in the ninth or tenth grade, coming to watch that game and walking out on the field before the game and how that gets your juices going? You just don't have that in some of these non-conference games and some of these lesser conference teams that we play. But I will say this about Napier. I think he is a really good coach. Uh, he was a good assistant coach, and he's been in the premier programs. He coached at Clemson when they were rolling, and he also coached at Alabama. So he knows what it takes, and Florida's got the resources and and the new building and everything in place, and they just didn't play very good last year. But he didn't. He wasn't left a really good team either. But what he is doing is he's remaking his roster. He's bringing in a lot of different players from around the country that want to play in a good team on a good team and and hopefully feel like they can win. But uh, I, I worry a lot more about Billy Napier than I do some of these coaches in the league. If you want to remake your work situation, you can do that with the help of MyPerfectFranchise.com. That's Andy Ledecky and his team, including uh, Brandon Beachy, the former Braves pitcher. What this is, is they help connect you to a franchise, a business that you can have ownership in. You can be your own boss and you can make it where you have a better quality of life in that way. And if you are kind of tired for working for your current boss, you want to make a, just a different change in your career. Maybe you're stuck in your work path. Reach out and have a conversation with them and see if uh, My Perfect Franchise can get you in the place that you need to be. Uh, really nice people. They've been supporters of UGASports.com for a while. MyPerfectFranchise.com. Well, that's .net. MyPerfectFranchise.net. Uh, perfect or you can just Google them. They'll pop up. That's how I tend to uh, handle these things. Also, I want to mention our friends over at Your Pie. They are uh, such a good... Uh, pizza company and in Watkinsville is the location that I tend to go to uh, your pie is where you can get customized pizza on Tuesday. You get double points on their app. I really enjoy it. Uh, they have the uh, peach and prosciutto pizza, which is uh, one of their signature uh, pizzas that they do every year. They have some that are there constantly peach and prosciutto is there a limited time right now. It's the 15th anniversary of your pie and they're, just creative. You can make a, a pie your way. Uh, really good rewards on the app. That's what I like to do. And in fact, I believe I have some free breadsticks that came for uh, my birthday. That is uh, this week. The hot honey pepperoni is one of my favorite pizzas. And this is, we talk about your pie a lot on this show. Uh, we honestly, this is our lunch half the time before we do the UGA sports watch along show. So in some ways you can say, that our watch-along show on YouTube that's getting more popular by the year, it's fueled by your pie. So support them. They have more than 60 locations, probably more than 70 at this point, all around the Southeast. Find the one closest to you and give them a try. What's your favorite one, Coach? You like that uh, that lineage, I think. My biggest deal is being able to go in there and make it exactly what I want. Because even though you can order some, some places and, and get pretty good, when you go to your pie, if you don't have a good one, it's your own fault because you picked out every part of it. So uh, and I, I've never had a bad one there, that's for sure. But it's just uh, I like to experiment a little bit. But, hey, when I'm in the fourth quarter like I am, I'm pretty pretty sure what I want when I go in there to order. So I'm, I'm not going to experiment much. But occasionally when they, they do send them over here for our games, you'll see some different kinds. And uh, – 
by the time I get downstairs, there's not much left though, because you and Roddy already <laughs> scarfed them up. Um, he's over there in Italy now. He's gonna come back like he's some kind of uh, Italian connoisseur of food. I mean, some of these pictures he's made. You know, he's lost all that weight and he works out and everything. He's gonna come back and look like a. He's gonna be bulgy. That's for sure. He's gonna reset. You're probably the idea for it happened in Italy, so maybe he's getting inspired by it too. You wanted to chat about schedule before we get to questions. Yeah. Uh, I was looking for my uh, notes on that. So uh, go ahead and start with one question and I'll have these notes here. Uh, I hate for everybody to see my glasses. It's all okay. I'm getting right. I might need some myself. Um, this is right up your alley. Blocker 57. It's a coach. I know you talked a while back about SEC expansion beyond Texas and Oklahoma. Do you think that there's any update on the SEC potentially expanding beyond just Texas and Oklahoma? I doubt it. You know, unless they go to these super conferences uh, where, you know, you have two or three super, you know, Big Ten all of a sudden becomes real big and uh, starts taking North Carolina, Virginia, and then ACC disbands and we take Clemson and Miami or whoever it might be. I I just don't see it right now, but you never know with these TV dollars. I mean, who who knows what's going to be doing it. But uh, but, uh, here's a few things to hear about. Georgia that uh, Kirby talked about the staff and everything, but uh, the third-year players and younger this season have never lost a regular season game. We played four of the six New Year's Six Bowls in the last six seasons. No player on this team has lost a bowl game or been to a bowl other than a New Year's Six game. 34-1 at home since 2017, won nine games in Atlanta since 2016 in seven seasons. Schedule notes, uh, road SEC games, Auburn, Vandy, UT Tech, all won two of their last three games of last season uh, when taking playing us out. Home SEC games, Missouri, Carolina, Kentucky, Ole Miss, all went to a bowl game. We were scheduled to play Oklahoma until they left the co- uh, joined our conference. In future years, we were scheduled to play Clemson, UCLA, FSU, Louisville, and Ohio State. So, hey. That's some good notes. Well, the schedule gets tougher with uh, just the SEC restructure, too. That game at Texas next next year, that's going to be a barn burner. Yeah, we play at Texas, play Clemson in Atlanta, and at Alabama. That's pretty tough. <laughs> it doesn't get much tougher than that. Question from John Adams, 88. Which freshmen are you most excited to see on special teams as they earn their stripes? And then also, do you expect Dan Jackson to be healthy and get playing time again? Well, Dan Jackson is a special teams phenom. I mean, I think he'll come back and he'd be a big part of that, and he'll help us uh, if he's not a starter back there. And they put put Bullard back there, and he's not a starter. Then he, he'll be a guy we'll use in a dime situation where maybe put him in at safety and play uh, Bullard at the other star so you'd have Aguero or uh, Smith at the star and then Bullard up there. But as far as the freshmen on the special teams, uh, you know, I think Aguero is going to be really good there. Uh, all of those linebackers can really run and then play. And then uh, <clears throat> Harris at corner, I think he'll, he'll jump in there and be a really good special teams guy. And then sometimes some of these offensive guys, uh, you know, I know the, the, the one uh, we got to find somebody return punts for sure. Of course, we know that uh, – Lad can do it, but uh, we'll see how to, if uh, Lovett comes in there. I consider him a transfer as a new guy. He could come in and help us there. Uh, JBH3RD sent this question, and I kind of alluded to this earlier. said, I'd love to hear you and Coach Don and talk about the penalties that Tennessee received with the recruiting and Jeremy Pruitt things and how you see that uh, affecting them in their competition in the SEC in the next few years. Well, I mean, they're, they're getting, they got to be ecstatic. I mean, the way the NCAA is doing now, they they figured out that they're not going to penalize student athletes and staff that had nothing to do with the previous inequities. So they didn't, they didn't lose a bowl game or postseason play, and that's what Heifel and his staff wanted more than anything. Uh, they got to pay a, a big fine, but that's basically something they'll get from the bowl game anyhow. Uh, you know, it, uh, a lot of these were smaller things. Some of them were bigger, but uh, let's just face it now. you If you want to get somebody, you can get them if, if somebody on your staff t- 
attorney GM because they know the insides and outs of what's going on. And uh, usually the ones that get punished the most are ones that get turned in by their own school uh, employees. And uh, in the case of uh, Tennessee, I think the Tennessee uh, administration would to uh, as much as they hated to get turned in, it helped them in the fact they don't have to pay any money to uh, Jeremy because he certainly uh, violated the, his contract from that standpoint. I'm making a prediction that you will see Jeremy Pruitt in the SEC again. I don't think it's a head coach, but seeing Bobby Petrino back in the league, give it a few years. Hey, Hugh Freeze did a whole lot more. Uh, I mean, they he wasn't named. And some of those things at uh, at, at Ole Miss, but uh, you, you you know you got a guy that's got three three rental cars on your team, and Jeremy Tunstall, uh, Laramie Tunstall, Laramie Tunstall, yeah, he had three rental cars at one time. Mm. Uh, they had guys coming in for for unofficial visits from everywhere. They had the school store there where you just walked in there. Uh, it's just pretend you're over there to university bookstore here and come for official visit or unofficial just go over there and get what you want here go through it hey uh like walking through academy sports or something so uh, <laughs> he got out though without getting institutional control from his standpoint maybe he didn't know a lot of that but uh, he was the head coach and and then of course he had the situation with the uh, later but uh, uh he's coaching at auburn now six years later so who knows Two more questions, and then we uh, wrap, and we'll be back next Tuesday. Scuffletown Dog, this is kind of a vague question, but I think you'll know what he means by it. He says, Coach, I always enjoy your input to this show. What type of team do you see Georgia being this year? Opa continues on the same path. You've coached a lot of teams. You've seen a lot of teams. What type of team is Georgia? Give me a D. Give me an O. Give me an M. Give me an I. Give me an N. Give me an A. Give me an N. Give me a T. Dominant. Good spelling. A dominant football team, uh, defensively, offensively, can be explosive. Uh, I just think we got to we got to proof in the pudding. We got to do it, but uh, we got some guys that are capable of dominating the game uh, on a lot of different phases. So I think it's going to be a dominating football team. And then finally, longtime fan, he asks a ton of great questions each week. UGA alum 95, does the loss of Smoke Bowie cause Georgia any serious depth issues at defensive back, uh, or will Georgia need to get a transfer defensive back to replace him? And I should mention next week we'll pick up our series kind of going through position groups and we'll get to defensive backs. Uh, Smoke Bowie not on the team anymore. No. Good answer there. I mean, Smoke smoke had some ability, but – he was he wasn't even in the too deep, even close to it uh, during spring, uh, and he's a smaller guy. Uh, just didn't work out for him. I hope it work. He's going to go to a JUCO. I hope it works out. But uh, there's a tendency to talk sometime about guys that that you lose or leave, and uh, certainly uh, uh, we've we've got a very good situation there uh, at, at defensive back as far as numbers. Uh, these two young men that came in from Charlotte at the end of uh, at the beginning of the summer that didn't weren't here in the spring have jumped in there are going to be good players. Uh, I like our secondary. I think it's a strength uh, compared to last year. I, I mean the depth that we have in the secondary, among which getting Dan Jackson back and the leadership he provides and the knowledge. Uh, our defense is going to be in the back end is going to be really really good. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you, I'm excited to just fawn over um, Aguero. You mentioned him a second ago, but when you say off the hoof or first off the bus kind of guy, I'm not an expert in this, but I can tell you just seeing him at G-Day, there ain't many people that look like that, his speed, size. it's He's got the whole yeah, package. Exactly, and and you look at that in every position. I mean, when you look at the hole in the, in the defensive line and then Harris and the, all these different you – know, the different linebackers and we talked about the we hadn't heard a lot about bold up and up over the spring uh summer workouts as he's doing a really good job so uh he's gonna have to with the london situation you know not being ready early so 
uh, these younger linebackers can get a chance to to focus on, uh, you know, their technique, but also be part of special teams and learn the system and jump in there. But I like the competitive part of our fall camp and the fact that anything you see at practice is going to be what you see in the game. You're not going to go against many better players than you're competing against in, in practice. It'll be here before you know it. I can tell you final preparations on campus are happening for students to come back. And so uh, fall football is coming and Georgia will play a a home game as a two-time defending champion soon enough. We're excited to chronicle that with you. Thanks everybody for watching this show, supporting UGASports.com. Coach, it's always a joy to get to do anything with you. I consider you one of my favorite people on this earth and a family friend. Hey, it's good to be with you. And uh, I don't know when's Roddy coming back. Is he going to stay over there for – indefinitely has he got a does, does, does anybody give him a return trip or what's the deal yeah i'm not sure we'll have to figure that out uh he, he may stay over there for the season and me and you just take the reins of the watch along show for the rest of the, the time i did see uh giving a little love to rivals i saw where georgia uh the uga what's the name of it? uga sports uh, yeah uh had the most uh of any uh, website of any rivals in the country last year. Yeah. It was most views on, on pages. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, certainly George's team didn't hurt, but uh, goes to show you the kind of uh, content that you guys provide. And uh, I tell you, you work at it hard and you got a lot of competition, but it's really uh, good to see that the people that listen to us get a chance to read that, read what you guys put out there. And of course I like to watch the podcast you and, uh, Brent put out on talking about, you know, different plays and things like that and how they work. And I'm hoping that we're going to continue our uh, podcast this year about uh, talking about the other teams too with you and Brent. You snuck in a Dolly Parton joke. Did did you have a joke you wanted to get in for the show or are you saving it for next week? Yeah, I was going to tell the one about the Gators, but I guess I will. But, uh, you know, Billy Napier is talking to his team and he said, I got the team uh, doctor wants to make a, comment to you uh, to all of us that we got an issue so he gets up there and he said man says uh, we got 12 new cases of gonorrhea and you guys got to watch it and uh, one guy in the back said i sure i'm glad i was getting tired of that gatorade (laughs) (laughs) all right Uh, all right everybody we'll see you next week tuesday at noon thanks for watching